I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The idea you got two number twos. I mean, what's this whole tank? What's this whole trust the process? It's about getting picks like the number one, the number two, the number three. We got two of them, and both guys felt like, at least the magic, they were on the cusp of taking a step. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. You heard it. I'm RJ live coast to coast, six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock here in Vegas. And we've got an action packed hour this Friday for you. Friday means pick Palooza. What does it mean? Every game that matters, we are going to give you a pick on, including the wisest wise guy wisdom on each NFL game, each and every NFL game. Additionally, we're joined here in studio by the pros who know NFL expert Steve Fezzik, college football expert Brad Powers, me and Fez have an NFL game we agree upon that we're going to give you. Brad and Fez disagree. Crossfire time on a big college game. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. Here's my personal promise to you. We will deliver the Vegas truth. But you can't have the pros without the Joes. And we're joined by my favorite, Jonas Knox, voice of the fans. Always good to be here on a football Friday, RJ, as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we start in the NFL Thursday night football where the Houston Texans, 42-23 winners over the Miami Dolphins. 
RJ, what is the Vegas perspective on the now 5-3 and three Houston Texans? As is often the case, the scoreboard, the obvious scoreboard, and the reality in Vegas are different. Fez, scoreboard says, wow, Houston looks good. Someone is savvy and sharp, and I say this genuinely, as Colin Cowherd today said, wow, maybe Houston is becoming a Super Bowl contender. What does Vegas think from your perspective about the reality of what we saw last night? Vegas says don't overreact to Houston's blowout win last night and, frankly, their five-game winning streak. What happened last night? Okay, so we're getting distracted. I don't want to talk about the five-game winning streak. All right, we're talking about, do you follow me? Yeah, just last night, 14-10, yes. to 10, Houston's up at halftime. That was the expectation. They were, they were a four-point favorite at halftime. What happened the second? So they were a four-point favorite at halftime. What does that mean? The first half line was minus four, and they uh, won. So when you say a four-point favorite at halftime, that's not the first half line. Yeah, the first half line was minus four. They won the first half by four. They were meeting expectations. And then what happened in the second half? The Miami Dolphins ran out of gas. That defense completely showed a lack of energy. And it was, All right, Well, that sounds like something that's a great thing. Houston warmed down. Yeah, but it was predictable. Is it yeah or not? No, Houston okay. didn't Why wear not? them down because Miami was already worn down because they had to play in the heat and humidity of Miami the two weeks before against the Bears and against the Lions. And now they had to wheel back on a Thursday short week. And I know they're used to the heat and humidity living in Miami, but still it's very difficult after playing in hot, muggy conditions to have to wheel back four days later. Now that makes sense to me. It's they, Miami had advantages in the heat and I think it's the main reason they beat the Bears a couple weeks ago. Right? Bears were winning big up until the fourth quarter. They wilted. Miami gets the win, but boy, Miami, it's almost like Ollie Frazier three. They also were fatigued by that game. Another game last week, a lot of heat in the 80s, fatigued. And now the most difficult turnaround in the NFL road game on Thursday. They're able to hold it. Be competitive, the Dolphins, in the first half. Second half, they finally will. So what you're saying is, hey, Houston did fine. You're not going to downgrade them, maybe even upgrade them a little bit. But it's not as big. It's not as uh, profound as the scoreboard says how dominant Houston was. Rather, it was more about Miami's fatigue. And since Miami's fatigue isn't something that's repeatable, isn't something they should have a problem with next time, you're really not going to downgrade the Dolphins that much. No, just a very, very modest tweak to my ratings. Down a little for the Dolphins, up a little for Houston, and that's very different, I think, than the typical talk radio take on that game. Now, one last thing. Unfortunately for him and the team, the Texans lost a key player. Yeah, their number two wide receiver, Will Fuller, and he's one of the best number two wide receivers in the league, RJ. He is their deep threat, and he went so down he, he for the move, year. He moves the needle. He moves the needle probably about half a point, so that is a significant loss the rest of the year. Okay, so think about it, Jonas. Even though on the scoreboard it looked great, if you take the slight upgrade because of extenuating circumstances that Houston gets for the game, but then the downgrade for the loss of Fuller, net-net, Houston is about where we thought they were 24 hours ago. Very different than the typical take. 
Guys, uh, next we go to the NBA, where last night the Lakers took care of business at home, a 121-114 win over the Denver Nuggets. LeBron James with a triple-double. But, RJ, you think it actually speaks more to the success early on of one Magic Johnson. Yeah, I love Magic. I mean, do you know how many NBA title series he's been in, Jonas? Like (laughs) 50,000. But what I'm going to do is... I'm going to pull back the curtain here in Vegas and help you guys understand how Vegas thinks. And one of the concepts we love, Fez, I know you love, Brad, I know you love, the free roll. How do you define a free roll, Fez? A free roll is a bet you can make where if something goes in your favor, you have a great bet. But if it doesn't go in your favor, you still have a fair bet. Yeah, that's a way to think about it if it's a bet. Or it could be, hey, you've got all upside and no downside, which is here's a $50 free play at the blackjack table. If you win, you put it in your pocket. If you lose, there's no loss. And in the hedge fund world, they call that asymmetric risk where the downside is very small or non-existent, the upside is big. Now, what's that have to do with the Lakers? I believe that's what Magic has done here. Why? Well, what was the thought that Magic was going to do after they signed LeBron? The thought was, oh, maybe Paul George will come over. Okay, maybe. But the question is, Let's compare that possibility. Let's put that off to the side. If Paul George would have became a Laker, there would have been a lot of articles written about how good that was for the Lakers. Paul George and LeBron, right? That would be a conversation a lot of talk shows had. But let's consider the following. It's very possible that Magic's thought was, well, first, let's see how these young players play. And it's not just there's two of them, but let's just focus on the two number two picks. Think about this. Lonzo Ball, the second pick in the draft. And also Ingram, the second pick in the draft. And I would make the case, and let me ask you, Jonas, as an NBA fan, I think Lonzo Ball is slightly ahead of what we would have expected at the time he was picked. And I'd say Ingram is slightly ahead of what we expected at the time he was picked. Agree, disagree. Yeah, especially this season, I would agree. Yeah, that's where we are today. Yeah. So the idea, you got two number twos. I mean, what's this whole tank? What's this whole trust the process? It's about getting picks like the number one, the number two, the number three. We got two of them, and both guys felt like, at least the Magic, they were on the cusp of taking a step. So Magic figures, okay, let's not sign any B-level max guys. Now, by definition, a max guy is an elite guy. But even amongst the elite, there can be the B-level, A-level, B-level elite. So Paul George, B-level elite, I think we would all agree. He's not LeBron. He's not Durant. He's not a top five player. Okay, so they could assign him or they could say, well, let's see if either of these number two picks or both of them, or perhaps even some other young guys, or some of the senior types that they signed, the free agents that maybe some attitude problems, but maybe in L.A. with LeBron, they could step up. Let's give them all a chance. And who knows? We might hit the inside straight and be better off. Or if we're not, and here's where the free roll comes in, no real downside, 
Now at the trading deadline, the Lakers and Magic could make a move. Who knows what? Maybe Toronto, it's not working out with Leonard. Who knows? Maybe New Orleans finally wants to trade Davis. Who knows? But then let's say it doesn't even go. So the rookies, the veterans don't emerge. And there's no good trade at the trading deadline. Okay, two strikes, right? You still have a third swing if you're Magic in the Lakers, which is signing a big free agent next year, quite frankly, when the class is more appealing. And to me, the idea that the Lakers are going to whiff with all of their shots now with the two number twos, the other young guys, and this uh, more veteran free agents. Maybe they will, but if they whiff there and whiff at the trading deadline and whiff next year in free agency when they have a max and they have LeBron, I think the odds of that are getting very slim that they would whiff three times. And thus we can make the following statement. The Lakers one year from today will be better than they would have been if they signed Paul George. So that to me is that next level type you know, Vegas thinking, quite frankly, that I feel like Magic is doing. He knew he had a few shots, three of them in this case, and he also knew that he had enough equity in L.A. not to sweat coming in this season without signing a big free agent. Because I think we can all agree that was the narrative is, oh, the Lakers missed. Oh, Paul George didn't even give him an interview I don't think Magic cares, because this is what we know about Magic. I'm Magic Johnson. You know how many finals I've been in? (laughs) Well, he's been a nine, (laughs) right? And he's feeling pretty comfortable. And I think, personally, it's a heck of a Vegas strategic-type play. Little downside, lot of upside. Fez, what do you think? I agree, and we're seeing LeBron as a facilitator. He has over nine assists this year per game. That's the most in his career so far. No doubt about it. When we come back, we do it every Friday. The wisest wise guy wisdom on each and every NFL game. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a moment, we will take a look at the biggest game of the weekend in the NFL. We love bringing Vegas to you each day. We have fun with it. It's 82 degrees right now on the Strip, and the neon is pumping. Guys, let's get right to it. Biggest game in the NFL, Sunday night football, the Saints at the Vikings. Right now on pregame.com, this game is set at a pick This is one of my best bets of the week, Fez. You know, one of the things you're known for, probably the thing that you're most known for, is winning two Super Contests. Now, what's the Super Contest? It is the World Series of Poker of sports handicapping. And Fez is the only guy ever to win it twice. And he won it back-to-back just for fun. 
In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. It's true. <laughs> and Fez, you and I and Maddie Holt, a book former bookmaker, are in the gold contest this year. $5,000 to enter. Not the normal 1500 125 people entered. And we are now a game and a half out of first. About 65%. Five picks a week we got to make. Winner take all, 700 k We might be off that Monday if we win it. Maybe. No, we'll be here, but with a whole new attitude. Well, maybe with uh, intoxication, perhaps, too. (laughs) But this is one of the games we will certainly have on our Super Contest. We like Minnesota here. Let's go through the logic. One, Minnesota's playing better than they have been. Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, has a good stat. Last three games, Minnesota's defense has given up only five third-down conversions. Do the math. That's less than two a game, if I'm doing the math right there. This D's getting better. I think Minnesota really suffered for having that Thursday game at the L.A. Rams. They lost to the Bills as 16.5-point favorites. That is so crazily rare. It's hard to imagine they weren't looking ahead. And then on a short week, they lost by only a touchdown against the Rams. So point number one to me in this game is Vikings are better than they were a few weeks ago and maybe not much behind the Saints. I agree. And pursuant to that, let's look at line value. Last year, these teams played in the playoffs, RJ. The Vikings were laying five points in that game. What has changed since then? Well, the Saints haven't gotten any better. Yes, their offense is clicking, but their defense is down. And those two so, offsets. So your point is maybe the Saints' offense is a little better than last year, but the Saints' defense is at least a little worse. Correct. So I had the Saints rated exactly where I had them last January. Now, are the Vikings as good? No, but they are not that much different. So they're down a couple of points. Oh, I think a couple is a lot. So but the, let's say even two. So let's say it's two. So let's dial down that playoff spread, Minnesota minus five. Fine, we'll make it Minnesota minus three, but this line is pick them. So we agree there's value. Now, what about the intangibles, the other situational factors? This is what you're going to hear on a typical talk show. Oh, my gosh, it's revenge time. The Minneapolis miracle, and it's time for the Saints to have revenge. Well, let's quote the great Spinal Tap movie, The Amps Don't Go Past Ten. Yeah, I think the Saints are motivated. So I do question playing a hard-fought game against Baltimore, winning emotionally at the end. We had the Ravens, so we know about it. And then having a back-to-back road game. Since 2012, the Saints have had only 10 back-to-back road games. They're 2-8 and eight straight up in those games. Saints aren't a good road team to start with. Back-to-back's tough. So I think they're a little bit physically drained from that Baltimore game. Yeah, they're emotionally up for it, but Minnesota needs a win. If Minnesota loses this game at home, it's going to hurt their playoff chances in a significant way. I think motivation is even, even though the average fan probably thinks, oh, big advantage for the Saints because of revenge. Agree, disagree. I agree. Oh, any other thoughts? Yes, Saints, (laughs) as far as fatigue, fourth road game in five weeks, RJ, not just back-to-back. Oh, that's a good point. You know, we could just get a drop of Fez going, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. And then we, he could just take the day off. Yep. <laughs> and then it'd be like, Fez, you need a haircut. I agree. You know, <laughs> we, could, we could really have some fun with that. <laughs> so last thing, how good is this Minnesota home field? You've got them ranked fourth. Do you agree with the following? You've got the Minnesota ranked fourth 
of all home fields. Yes, but I'm going to upgrade that home field because it's a Sunday night game, and I think that this is going to be an absolute tremendous environment for the Vikings here. I agree. Last point. <laughs> Last point. Vikings at home under Coach Zimmer, 74% against the spread. It's going to be rocking. One of our best bets. We both agree on the Vikings. Guys, it's time to take a look at every other game in the NFL here on Straight Out of Vegas coming up on Sunday. And we start in London here with the wisest wise guys wisdom because the Philadelphia Eagles are a three and a half point favorite over the Jags. Jags last three games. Everyone knows they haven't played well, but think about how poorly the Jags have played. ATS means against the spread. The ATS margin is how far you either exceeded the spread or fell short. If you add up the last three ATS margins for the Jags, that tells you how much they've fallen short. It's by 65 points combined against the spread. In the last 30 years, there's been only 24 teams that's fallen that short against the spread. So this is a less than once a season occurrence that any team is this bad relative to the Vegas spread over three games. You add in now Bortles and the discontent in the locker room, I think it's something more than, oh, the Jags are on a bad streak. The Steelers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite hosting the Browns. Now, this is even more history. When the Browns played the Steelers in week one, the turnover margin, so the net turnover in the game, was Browns plus five. If you go back 30 years, teams that are plus five, are 158 and six straight up. And oh, by the way, one tie, the Browns. So imagine if there's only six times out of 164 games that a team doesn't win a game when they're plus five and the Browns are one of them. Boy, that tells you Pittsburgh outplayed them much more than the scoreboard indicates. We go to Kansas City where the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite hosting the Broncos. This, to me, is about Denver and 1 o'clock games. Now, that sounds crazy. Like, what, 1 o'clock Eastern? That's normal. Well, the last time Denver won a 1 o'clock Eastern start was over two years ago. They're 0-6 straight up since. So, usually, you wouldn't think so much about a 1 o'clock Eastern start for a mountain uh, time zone team. But the Broncos, because remember, this is a very popular team that plays a lot of night games. So playing a 1 o'clock Eastern is unusual for Denver, and I think it's a negative, clearly, for Denver against the Chiefs. The Bears are an eight-point favorite at home against the Jets. To me, it's all about injuries. Negative for the Jets here. It's not so much, oh, those big names are out, or Sam Darnold's hurt, but their two top wide receivers are banged up. And to me, that's cluster injuries and those are usually more impactful than the mainstream media realizes. But additionally, when it's both at the same position, that's what the cluster is. Now you're not going from first to second. You're going first to third, second to fourth. And who knows who's going to be your third and fourth receiver, probably from the practice squad. Big negative that's being undervalued for the Jets. And Darnold has been much worse on the road where he averages only five yards per pass attempt versus close to seven at home. So think, per attempt, that tells you how much they're going downfield when he's on the road, two less yards per attempt getting the ball downfield for Darnold. 
The Giants are hosting the Redskins. This game right now is a pick 'em. I just want to say Snacks Harrison. Let's move on. No, Snacks Harrison, and I love the name. <laughs> I think this is a signal to the Giants, and it's not a good one. I do radio in New York and uh, just segments, and everyone's saying we have no idea why they made this trade. Snacks was only going to be $4 million this year, only in quotes, $7 million next year, one of their best defenders, and now he's gone. It looks like a salary dump, but what do the rest of the Giants feel if their best defender gets shipped out for no good reason? I don't think it's a good thing for the Giants. The Lions are hosting the Seahawks. Detroit, a three-point favorite at home. This is all about matchups. Seattle wants to run the ball. Last three games, 155 yards, 190 yards, 171 yards rushing. Detroit's the worst in the NFL, giving up yards per rush. Now, Snacks is coming into Detroit. He's a good run stopper. I don't think, though, he's going to be all that effective in week one or with the Lions, his first week. Do you think so, Fez, or not? Yeah, I think he's going to play, but he probably is only going to play half the plays. Won't be as effective as a month from now, obviously. The Bengals, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, hosting the Bucks. I think the Bengals finally have reached a fair grade by Vegas. We've been betting against them week after week, overrated. Finally, I think it's a fair grade. But let's not forget, Cincinnati, without Eifert, their tight end, Last three games without him, 17 points per game on offense. The prior four with them, Cincinnati, 32 points per game. That's a 15-point-per-game difference Eifert's absence causes. So I still lean Bengals, but, man, Eifert's more valuable than people think for the Bengals. The Baltimore Ravens, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at the Panthers. People don't realize how good Carolina is at home. They've won eight straight games at home. 26-6 26-6 and six straight up at home. So to me, when you think about the great home fields, it's not often Carolina being discussed. 26-6 and six straight up is mighty good for the Panthers at home. The Indianapolis Colts, a three-point favorite at the Raiders. Another example of a front office move that's a signal, and again, it's a negative single, single for the Raiders. Wait a minute. Max gone, huh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And now your number one or two receiver, how you look at it with Nelson is gone. Yeah, they got some nice picks back or a nice pick, but this year it doesn't help them. And the line has adjusted drastically. The sense in Vegas is we're not sure if the Raiders are really focused on winning right now. The 49ers at the Cardinals, San Fran, a one-point favorite. This is only... The second one in six teams, so the 49ers are one in six, in the last 30 years to be a road favor. Let me say that one more time. In 30 years of NFL games, a one in six team has been a road favor once before this week. So the 49ers being a road favorite here is truly historic. And finally, the Rams, a nine-point favorite hosting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, this one has been all around, but we'll add to it. Aaron Rodgers, nine-and-a-half-point dog, biggest of his career. But Brad Powers gave us even more. This is only the fifth time in his career Aaron Rodgers is more than a six-point underdog. By the way, the four prior times, 4-0 against the spread when you give Aaron Rodgers a lot of points. And that concludes our wisest wise guy's wisdom here on Straight Out of Vegas. In just one minute. We are going to have a game, me and Fez, 
Well, you know, actually, what's even more important, Fez, you're important. But in one minute, we have Colin Cowherd's pick number six. That's coming up next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Dan Beyer. Game three of the World Series is tonight in Los Angeles. Red Sox and Dodgers going at it. Boston is up 2-0 with Rick Porcello on the hill. The Dodgers counter with Walker Bueller. They can beat you in a lot of different ways and put pressure on you in a lot of different ways. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, they're really fast, they're, they're athletic, and, and they're strong. So, you know, they're well-built, and that's all well and good. But, you know, we are too, and, and obviously we haven't showed everything we can do the past two days. But, you know, we got a good team, and we like our team. So Bueller gets the nod tonight. Coverage at 7.30 Eastern time on Fox. A bunch of lineup changes. The Red Sox will have J.D. Martinez in the lineup. He's going to play left field because of the lack of DH in the NL Park. That means Andrew Benatendi heads to the bench. The Dodgers making a bunch of changes. He has Monty Grandal starts at catcher. Max Muncy, Jack Peterson, and Cody Bellinger all in the starting lineup. Should be noted the Red Sox are going to start Nathan Evaldi in game for the World Series. That is if it, if Evaldi is not used in tonight's game three. Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin will play Sunday against the Saints after missing five weeks after being away from the team to deal with mental health issues. And Colts running back Marlon Mack able to practice today, but is considered questionable to face the Raiders on Sunday because of an ankle injury. Guys, back to you. Thanks, Dan. Straight out of Vegas comes to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up in 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, we will have best bets here on Straight Out of Vegas. I am Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, and he is the voice of Las Vegas, R.J. Bell. Yeah, and we're honored to have exclusively Colin Cowherd's pick number six. We have actually pick six and seven today. And let me tell you, Colin and I did not agree on everything today. And a special surprise from Colin Cowherd. Let's go! go. No. No. Hey, that's great football now! It's Colin's pick number six. All right, here we go. Two more picks. This is the one that I was going to put in Blazing Fire. There's one every week that doesn't make the cut, but I'm close. Ravens minus two at the Panthers. Uh, Carolina played a great fourth quarter, but let's not forget they struggled for three. I think Baltimore is still one of the top five teams in the league, and I think they can win by a field goal on the road. That game should have gone to overtime last week against the Saints. Carolina is sneaky good at home, but I take I would take Ravens minus two if this was in the blazing five. What would the wise guys say? Colin, you got a lot of props. This is a horrible handicap. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Now, think about this. If this line, if this game were in Baltimore, you do the six-point flip. We always talk about it. The Ravens would be eight and a half. Can you imagine the Ravens eight and a half over the Panthers? Oh, uh, good call. Yeah. I, I get your instincts, which is Carolina is a little overrated by the public, but the marketplace is saying, oh, look how much better the Ravens are. But Carolina at home. They've won eight straight, and they're 26-6 and six straight up at home. Ravens on the road, 6-11, and 11, their last 17. And oh, by the way, if you look at Carolina at home in those three games this year, the 3-0, they've rushed for nearly 500 yards. This is a really good home team that just has to win against a below-average road team. Love the Panthers, hate the Ravens. Uh, and this is just I just want to throw this out there because Baker Mayfield is interesting. The Browns are getting eight, eight and a half, whatever it is. Uh, I would, I didn't, I never considered this for blazing five, but I do. I think it's funny. R.J. Bell, founder of pregame.com. I think it's funny for the listeners. I would say this: what it tells me is a couple of weeks ago, the Browns were a one-point dog to the Chargers, 
and then Vegas watch that, and then watch them struggle for three quarters against Tampa, and and Vegas is out on the Browns. That's what this line tells me. These teams played to overtime a month ago, and I think Vegas got to look at Baker Mayfield against a pass rush and said, we're out, because I see Browns plus eight, eight and a half. I would take Cleveland here. But I'm really interested in what the wise guys in Vegas thinks. Now, listen, nine times out of ten, taking over a touchdown is going to be the right side. Yeah. We disagree here, and I'll give you two quick reasons. This is real simple. The Browns were plus five in turnovers against the Steelers in week one. Yes. Last three decades in the NFL, teams that are plus five are 158 Six and one, <laughs> right? So the one is Cleveland. So think 158 and six if you're plus five, but Cleveland couldn't win. So that means the Steelers really dominated the game. And then what you say it better than anyone, Colin, Mike Tomlin, it's about emotion. Well, Steelers want revenge for the tie and they're off a bye. Yes. So I think we got a motivated Pittsburgh team that's clearly better. Yeah, you know, that's right. I've been saying about Baker. He got, he got four turnovers against Tampa. And they had 120 yards through three quarters. I, I and I people think I'm banging on, uh, but Sam Darnold's got nothing to work with. Playing great defenses and he's thrown for a lot of touchdowns. I I don't see it with Baker. I don't see him as a number one pick, and I just don't see it with this offense. There's too much dysfunction. Straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell. Fun stuff there. You can hear me grade from my wise guys, Fez leading the way with that. All five of his plays and five released Saturday morning. You can get it on my Twitter at RJ in Vegas. If you are a longtime listener, you know what this means. That music <laughs> means it's crossfire time. Pro on pro violence, or let's call it aggression. Oklahoma, Kansas State. Brad Powers on one side, Steve Fezzik in the other. Brad, you start. Yeah, I like Kansas State plus the 24 and a half here for two reasons. Number one, Kansas State under their head coach, Bill Snyder, really good off a bye. How about this? 11 and one against the spread off a bye in the regular season. Number two factor for me, Kansas State, the narrative, first four games of the season. This is the worst Kansas State team in two plus decades. What the what people forgot is that Kansas State, the last three games, is a much improved team. Nearly beat Texas at home. Lost by three at Baylor. And then their best performance of the season came right before the bye. A dominating win over Oklahoma State. I like the Wildcats here, plus 24 and a half. Brad Powers on K-State. Steve Fezzik, rebut. I like Oklahoma, minus the 24 and a half. I do feel this is one of Kansas State's worst team the past couple decades. Bill Snyder is 80. This is not the same team that he had when he was 65. And you can't use trends back when he was competent to versus whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Incompetent? <laughs> Possibly. A little strong. Not uh, nearly as good. All right, fair enough. Go ahead. And that's evidenced by two games this year. Yeah, they got blown out at West Virginia Law. Lost by over 20. That's okay. But at home, getting punked in your own crib, 10 to 31 <laughs> against Mississippi State, inexcusable. <laughs> when did you start using the word crib? Last week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, this is where, and again, as host of the show, it's my prerogative. This is where I get to decide who won. Oh, wait. That's Hayseed. Oh, wait. Haystack Hanks theme music. He's coming in, and he is going to decide who won. Haystack? Oh, 
Boy, I'll tell you what, I got to agree with that, Fez. Are you kidding me? Last time I saw Kansas State, they getting whooped by Mississippi State. Last time I saw Oklahoma, you see what they do to TCU? They killed TCU. I got to go boomer sooner here. They roll over them Wildcats. 24 and a half. Forget that. Oklahoma wins by six touchdowns here. Whoa, Fez. Now, does that make you feel better or not? Makes me feel better. Haystack is correct. Oklahoma has every (laughs) motivation to run up the score here because they have one loss, and they may well wind up tied with other one-loss teams, so margin of victory crucial. I tell you this. When you and Haystack are on the same side, be afraid. Very afraid. When we come back, it is best bets from everybody. That simple. Money-making time next here. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted. It's right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. RJ, we are less than two hours away from first pitch, game three of the World Series in L.A. And right now it's the Dodgers, a minus 180 favorite over the Red Sox. We've been doing a good job picking these baseball games, not our specialty. And when it is time, we have the experts on with baseball. But here's what I would say. Pressure in football, pressure in basketball are net positive. Why? Because it's focus, it's energy. Let's try harder. Let's hit harder, et cetera. Let's box out better. But in baseball, it's really not about energy. And pressure can actually work against you much more than help you. So, yeah, this feels like a must win for the Dodgers, and it is in a way. But I'm not sure that helps them at all. I personally like the Red Sox here. Fez, you had something interesting about no DH and how it's not so bad. Yeah, a lot of talk about how it will hurt the Red Sox. But the Red Sox are 9-1 and one this year when they've had to play without a DH, obviously, on the road against National League teams. Yeah, I, I don't love it. But I do like the Sox here getting the big payoff. Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It is time for best bets, and we turn it over to our college football expert, Brad Powers. Yeah, and I'm going to take Iowa plus six tomorrow on Saturday at Penn State. Here's what I don't like about Penn State. It's more of an anti-Penn State handicap. I question the motivation of Penn State. Here's a team with two losses out of the playoff picture. And I also question the energy level that Penn State's going to have. Last week against Indiana, a team ran 100 plays against that Penn State defense. Now they got to face a big, tough, physical Iowa team. Give me the Hawkeyes playing their best ball of the season plus the points. Take Iowa plus six. So 100 plays Penn State had to defend. What is the average number of plays defended in a college football game. Well, it, it you know, it depends on the conference. Big 12 a lot more than, than a Big 10. Big 10 games usually only 65 to 70 plays a game. Wow, that is a big step up. So, best bet Brad Powers, he has all the college knowledge, Iowa. Steve Fezzik has a best bet in the NFL. Go Fez, go. I'm on Green Bay Packers plus nine and a half at the Rams. The key is the scheduling here. Green Bay is coming off a bye, and it came just at the right time. Rodgers was all banged up. His wide receivers were banged up. We're going to get a fresher, better Green Bay team. And they're looking ahead, Green Bay, to the schedule next week at New England. They need this game. Contrast that. So let's slow that down because this is a concept you brought up on our podcast that really I had never thought of. 30-plus years doing this. You think, okay, Packers – have a tough game here. Biggest underdog 
as we've said now a few times this week, of Aaron Rodgers' career. Nine and a half points, a dog against the Rams. Now, that sounds like, okay, maybe they might think to themselves, boy, it's going to be hard to win this one. If they looked ahead to next week and had a fairly reasonable game, an easy game, who knows if they're kind of looking ahead from the hard-to-win game, but they're going to New England. The Packers are next week. Thus, they're going to be over a touchdown dog likely in that game. And if they lose both, eight games in the season at that point, Green Bay will be below 500. So if you feel like you got to win one or two and both are tough, you're going to try your hardest in the first one and likely the second one, especially if you don't win. And to me, that's an interesting concept I haven't heard discussed before. Yes, so Green Bay, ultra-motivated. Now, the Rams, they're in a sneaky, bad scheduling situation. They've played three straight road games. Hey, it looks good. They're coming home, right? However, that takes so much energy out of you, and there's so many things that you can't do when you're on the road. When you finally come home, you got to exhale, and you got to do some things because these guys have lives outside, distracted week in L.A. Now, this could be Fez in his own personal home life. If he, <laughs> if he was gone for a couple weeks, there'd be Lifetime movies, chocolates, rose paddles. We're not going to judge. We're just going to state. But all that said, I agree with you. Packers plus nine and a half. Fez has the best bet. I'll be betting it, too. R.J. Bell, you are the voice of Vegas, but you have a best bet in the NFC South. Yeah, this is one where it's an eye-popping line. We mentioned during the Wisest Wise Guy Wisdom is that the 49ers, with their record, a 1-16, being a road favorite here, favored by one over Arizona, that's only happened one other time in the last 30 years that a 1-16 has been a road favorite. So why? Because Arizona just a few weeks ago won in San Francisco, in San Fran. So you're thinking, wow, if they can beat him there, they can beat him at home. But if you look at that game, it was another one of these five turnover games. And we talked about it, five turnovers, and that's something that Arizona was plus five in. They win almost every game. They won that one. The 49ers, though, had double the yardage. Of Arizona, So the scoreboard said Arizona, but the truth was it was all about turnovers, and turnovers are a big element of luck. Now we wouldn't expect there to be a ton of turnovers in this game, so 49ers are clearly the better team. Road favorite by one, my best bet of the week. Jonas, quickly, you're 2-2. Two and two. What's your best bet? You know, I'm like uh, the kid on the high dive at summer camp. I'm just not ready to take the leap yet. So I'm, I'm so going to sit on my 2-2. Two two. Hey, yeah. listen. Hey, listen, two and two was unlikely for you, so I, I see you sitting on it. Fast, we got 30 seconds. NBA tonight, you've got a bonus pick. Yes, NBA, we're going to take the New York Knicks plus 12 hosting Golden State. This game goes in just a little over half an hour. It is all about Steve Kerr and Golden State being overconfident when they're big favorites on the road. When they're favored by more than 10 points, 13 and 24 against the spread. And Golden State just got a big Blowout win, bad spot for them to sleepwalk tonight against New York. And the Knicks had a tough loss, should be motivated. Think about that trend one more time. When Kerr is favored by double digits with Golden State on the road, 13-24 and 24 against the spread. Fez says, go with the Knicks. Great week, guys. The Odd Couple's next here on Fox Sports Radio. We are straight out of Vegas, back on Monday for a full recap of the NFL and college football, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.